This is Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. We are live in Studio B from BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah for the week seven of Coordinator's Corner with BYU Football. I'm your host, Spencer Linton. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. Today's show features a look back at BYU's second setback of the season in, in many ways, a head-scratching 44-11 loss at TCU. What went wrong for the Cougars and how do they get things right for the second half of the season? Now, following the loss in Fort Worth, BYU falls to 4-2 and two on the season, 1-2 and two in Big 12 play. Again, with that chance to get back in the win column when Texas Tech visits Provo on Saturday night. Our featured guests today are special teams coordinator and defensive coordinator Jay Hill and Kelly Papinga. So uh, let's do this. Uh, officially welcome in the special teams guru and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga to the show. Coach, great to have you with us. It's good to be back. Don't know about the guru thing, but it's good to be back. Well, man. I'm learning just like all of us, right? <laughs> I know that you... I mean, you spend a lot of time thinking about this, processing the game over the weekend. Like, it, it fills your mind. So after a game like that, and an understandably disappointing loss, how do you process through something like that to try and get back on the right track? Yeah, I always go back to look at, like, what, <clears throat> what can we do better as coaches? Number one, to prepare our players better. So obviously there were some things there that we didn't do as good as we could have done to prepare our, our players to be able to get out there and do their job. And so... That's always the most frustrating thing, especially after a bye week where I felt like we had these guys dialed in really well. We felt like we had a good game plan. Um, even going back to last Thursday before we even got into the game week, we felt like we had them pretty dialed in and we had a good idea of what they were going to do, what they liked. And then, you know, shoot, you go into the weekend, their quarterback gets hurt, and then you're now dealing with a new quarterback that you don't have a ton of film on. You don't know exactly what his strengths and his weaknesses are. And man, as that game went on, that guy really could sling the ball around, uh, sling the ball around really well. He saw things really well, really fast. He made quick decisions. We brought a ton of pressure. I mean, from the very opening of the game, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I mean, we hit him on the very first play of the game. And uh, you know, there was multiple times throughout the game where we were able to get after him, but just he was getting the ball out so fast, none of them ended up in sacks. And so it's, a, you know, it's one of those things where the other guy, he was holding on to the ball. He wanted to scramble. So we had you know, a pretty good plan for a scrambling quarterback and had to adjust from there. So it's always hard. You know, sometimes the backup quarterback, you're like, man, we're going to get after this guy, and you do. And then other times he gets after you because you don't have a lot of uh, film on what, you know, like, like I said, his strengths and weaknesses. How do you balance the TCU was just really good in this regard compared to, man, we really shot ourselves in the foot? Yeah. So how much of it was BYU – beating themselves, and how much of it was TCU just being the better team on Saturday? Yeah, they had, they had some – they're a good team. I mean, shoot, they played for a national championship a year ago, right? And so I do think that team was hungry. I think they were um, desperate, and they played that way, and they came out. And we knew it. We talked about it all week, how these guys were on um, a losing streak, and they had, a, they had to have this game really to save their season. And so we, we talked about having a fast, fast start all week long and, and shoot right from the get-go. Um, we, put, we put ourselves in the hole and uh, unfortunately we just could never get out of it. And so really for us, I think, you know, as the game went on, I think we were in a, a couple situations where we had a chance and um, we just couldn't get off the field in third downs. And really that's what I felt like the game came down to. We played pretty good on first and second down. We got them into, you know, 19 third downs. And we just could not get off the field. And, you know, credit to the quarterback and to the receiver. I thought, you know, the receivers, they did a good job of making plays when they had to. And a couple of those, I mean, we were right on them. 
And, uh, you know, I thought Maury came out and played really well with Cam being out. Um, and, you know, really the guy that didn't play as great was Jacob Robinson, which he'll be the first one to admit. Um, but, you know, we got to get more pressure on the quarterback, and that was a challenge to the D-line all, all week long and throughout the whole entire game. And we just got to be that much faster and, and that much quicker to get, to get home and put more pressure on that guy. Now, BYU's identity this season has been really in large part overcoming adversity. Mm -hmm. Like you've been in these early holes often. I know you don't like it, but you've been there and you've overcome them at Arkansas specifically and in, even against Cincinnati in mm -hmm. some ways. So what was preventing you from from getting on track on Saturday where you have in the past. Yeah, you know, and that was the talk on the sideline um, when we got down 14 to zero. It's like, hey, we've been here before. You know, everybody calm down. It's just, you know, a one play mentality. Every, you know, one play at a time. Uh, you know, we call it an next play mentality, just to chip away, you know, and that's what you have to do. If you worry too much about, you know, the future of making too big of plays, then you end up doing too much. And so, mm -hmm. you know, our guys, I thought, I thought did a good job, but then once it gets, you know, once that, that, um, that, well, really two things, in my opinion, the last drive where we had a chance to get off the field, we make a tackle. Um, well, shoot, actually, even before that, they're going down to score right before the end of the half. And uh, we have a great call called and they jump off sides. And if they don't jump off sides, we actually tackle them probably at the two or three yard line. And they have to make a decision, to either go for it on fourth down or kick a field goal. So they jump off sides. So that anyway, uh, they throw a third down pass. And I think Preston Rex makes a good play at, at, right at the goal line and uh, just doesn't wrap up. And the guy is able to you know, score him in for a touchdown. So that one really hurt just tackling. And then the first uh, series of the second half, we come out and play really well and then just make a bonehead play um, with the quarterback scrambles for a big play and then you know, another third down there where we give up a you know, just lack of, you know, lack of discipline um, with a penalty. And we have, you know, now, now we're down 38 to eight and that's really hard to come back. From. Yeah. How do you typically address those? I know there was some understandable frustration after Crew Wakely makes a nice tackle, but then there's a celebration and it allows the drive to extend. So how do you approach that as a coaching staff when, when a player does something like yeah, that? Yeah, in the moment, those are always, you know, and we tell our guys this, those are always selfish. You know, those are selfish things that players do and shoot, coaches do <laughs> stupid stuff too. And uh, But in that <laughs> moment right there, you know, he makes a great play and it's just, you know, it's kind of that, hey, act like you've been there before. And, you know, with Crew, he hasn't played a lot here for us. And so sometimes you get excited when you make that play um, and a big play in that situation. And, uh, you know, he just got excited and needs to go celebrate with his teammates. At the end of the day, that's the ultimate, you know, thing that we tell our guys is just, hey, when you get excited, don't, you know, taunt or make, you know, something to the direction of the player. Go, go celebrate and have fun with your teammates. And in that situation, we could have done a better job of that. Kelly Papinga is with us on Coordinator's Corner as we look back at BYU and TCU. And I know that sometimes when, when it's such a heavy loss like that, you don't really feel like talking about good things or yeah. things that went well. But from my perspective, it looked like BYU as a defensive unit stopped the run pretty effectively. Mm -hmm. But TCU was very content on going after you in the pass game. How did you see how you defended the run compared to the pass? Yeah, you know, in the first half we gave up, I think it was 37 yards in the first half, which uh, that's a great performance. And then, uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter, we put some of our backups in there and wanted to get them some reps. And they got, I think, 
47 yards just in the fourth quarter late in the game. And so, um, but before that, we had played the run really good. I think they had got us on one counter play to our sideline early or late in the second quarter, if I remember right. But other than that, I thought we played it really well. I was proud with our defensive ends. There was a challenge for them to be able to set the edge and play the pullers more, more physically. And they did throughout the whole entire game, every single one of them. I was proud of them that way. And so that was a big message um, for our defense was to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I thought for the most part, we played the run well. Now it's just, you know, in certain situations, we've got to be stickier in coverage and be able to get after the quarterback and get pressure on them. Did how much TCU was wanting to pass with the backup quarterback surprise you at all? And if so, how do you react to that? Yeah, it was, yeah, we thought, you know, you're a backup. He's coming in for his first start. And uh, they'd had a successful uh, run game uh, at the beginning of the season. And we felt like number nine was a really good back. And just, hey, let this guy kind of be the guy that leads you to victory and hand the ball off to him and let number 10 make few, you know, few decisions. And, you know, I think early in that game, they saw that, man, they, um, that this guy was going to make good, quick decisions. And, uh, yeah, he, he was able to throw the ball down the field a couple times. And, you know, in that, on that play specifically right there, we had a, a half safety that just didn't get over the top fast enough. And we actually had a perfect coverage and just didn't execute. Um, and just a younger guy in there with, uh, with Raider. But, you know, we think getting those younger guys in there, it's a big part of being able to grow and develop as a team. And uh, you'll continue, I think you continue to see some younger guys get in there um, and just get some new blood in there to be able to see, you know, what they can do that are young, talented guys. So we're excited about that, that group that's coming up. You know, you get Siali in there, gets an interception late in the game. And John Henry Daly comes in there and gets a couple pressures on the quarterback and does some good things. So I think there's a good nucleus of, solid guy, of uh, younger guys that are going to get in as the season goes on and continue to earn some, uh, some playing time. Great stuff with Kelly Papinga thus far. We're going to take our first break on the coordinator's corner. And as we head to break, a reminder to join Dave McCann and former Cougars Blaine Fowler and David Nixon tomorrow night for a brand new episode of After Further Review as they look back at the Cougars' performance against TCU tomorrow, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app or ESPN+. When we return, we continue our recap of BYU's visit to Fort Worth and Look to turn the page to Texas Tech when BYU comes back home. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Welcome back to the Coordinator's Corner. We're looking back at BYU's loss against TCU last Saturday afternoon and doing so with special teams coordinator and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga. Jay Hill, the defense coordinator, will join us at the bottom of the hour. All right, coach, let's hop right back into some of the positives. And I'm thinking about specific plays, uh, one being the interception by Eddie Heckard, um, an incredible play. And I asked him after the game, I said, okay, walk me through what you were seeing, what was executed. And he simply said, and he's a coach's dream. <laughs> Well, I just listened to Coach Hill and uh, knew that if I used my techniques that he's coached <laughs> me with for the last you know, few years, yeah. like if I punched here and got to my space, I'd, I'd have an opportunity interception. He told me this would happen in fall camp, and so I just, I just made the interception. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's so matter-of-fact yeah. about it, but what did you see on that play, and, and yeah. what do you like most about Eddie? Yeah, a great play. Um, we ran. It was actually a new pressure that we had for the game where we um, blitzed two inside backers and then dropped out, actually, the defensive end. So if you go back and watch the play, Tyler Batty's right underneath the route and makes the quarterback throw it just a little higher. And then Eddie rolls underneath the little bender that he's trying to run. So if you watch, you see Batty right there, 92. Really, if he throws it a little lower, Batty's the guy that maybe gets the pick right there. And so 
just a you know a little different um, type of pressure where you're rushing four, still dropping seven. But you know that quarterback sometimes he sees those two inside backers coming, thinks more pressure is really coming than what it really is. Because usually when we blitz our two inside backers, it's usually five or six man pressure. Well, that was only four man pressure, and so really good execution, really by Batty to make it, to make the throw go high, and then Eddie just rolling underneath it and making a great one handed play right there. But just yeah, I love the experience Eddie brings um, and just the leadership that he has has a real calm, cool demeanor about him. Nothing really bothers him. You know, the moment's never too big. Um, and just excited to see, you know, him continue to play throughout this throughout the season. He's made some big plays for yeah. us already this season, so I know there's more big play, you know, uh, for him coming up in the, uh, the rest of the year. He was not ready to make excuses in the least for BYU's performance, um, but I had to ask him, and I'll ask you the same thing, it just felt like the defense was on the field a lot early. How how does that impact what you're trying to do defensively when things aren't going well offensively? And you just, I mean, you had five series, defensive series in the first quarter. Like, mm. what do you do to handle that? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I always say every opportunity is a great opportunity. <laughs> so I just, especially when you're playing tempo teams, to be able to, and we'll see the same thing this week, to be able to stop a tempo team is very simple answer. You got to stop them on third down, and so they can go as fast as they want. And that was we did that. I think in the second drive, really well. They went really, really fast on a third down and crew makes a great play in the flat to get us off the field. You know, on a third and one, they try to throw a little what we call an arrow route um, to the tight end to the flat and crew makes a, a play. And so the best way to stop tempo teams is really just stop them on third down. And uh, we weren't able to do that consistently. And uh, you know. How I always look at it, though, it doesn't matter, you know, when we're on the field or how we get on the field, if it's because of a turnover or whatever happens, it's just another opportunity to play defense. And we got, I think, plenty of guys to rotate in to keep guys fresh as we, you know, every position rotated their guys like crazy. And so I think that, uh, you know, every opportunity is a great opportunity. And I don't think our guys at one time ever were, you know, looking at the offense and saying, oh, come on, offense, like our guys don't do that. They just are, you know, I think are excited about whatever opportunities come their way. They got they have, they know that they got to stop them. Your special teams situationally were very busy mm -hmm. on Saturday. And so let's uh, assess all categories yeah. within the special let's teams. Uh, beginning, let's start with just pump protection and, mm -hmm. and the performance of Ryan Rico. Yeah, so unfortunately we get a, a punt tipped for the first time all year, which is one of our goals is just to have, you know, 100% protection in our punt team and our field goal team. And so this is the first time all year where we did not do that. And um, really was a lack of just um, – and Batty's the one that makes our calls in the back. I don't want to throw Batty under the bus. But <laughs> there was a call that Batty was supposed to make right there um, that we make later on um, where it would have helped us protect it a little bit better. Um, and to their credit, to TCU's credit, they showed a, a pressure that um, they hadn't shown all year. They'd been showing an overload um, blitz um, pressure, and uh, they hadn't shown that. And so we were really prepared for their overload, and we had seen this pressure from other teams that they gave us, and we should have been able to adjust to it, but we maybe, maybe I didn't do a good job of giving them that look enough in practice, but I thought we had seen it enough over the last couple of weeks where we should have made the call. Something very basic that we've been doing for the past four or five weeks. So. Unfortunately, he didn't make that call. Um, and like I said, it goes back to sometimes the coaches just, we got to make sure we prepare every player for every situation. Um, but we do it the next time around and uh, we get the ball off. And, you know, so I think there was times in the game where Rico thought he was getting more pressure, especially early when he shanked a punt. He was feeling like he was getting more pressure than what he really was getting. Um, so sometimes he's just, he's got to really just trust the guys yeah. that they're going to do their job. He do his job and just get the ball away. Um, we end up with 44 net, which is over our goal. Our goal, goal is 42. Um, 
but uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, you get that one tipped, and uh, that hurt our, you know, get that one tipped, and then we have the other one that shanked, and that really, I mean, we could have been plus 50 in our net if we just take care of those two things. Sure. As far as coverage goes after the punts and, and whatnot, how'd you feel your team? Yeah, good. We were, we were great. We didn't get any. Um, you know, they had one opportunity where they tried to uh, bring one back, and uh, Harrison got down there and lit up the returner. He had a really good tackle on the sideline and really, uh, I thought, put a good hit on the on the returner right there. So it was good to see that physicality. And then, um, you know, in the kickoff cover, I thought was one of the best things we've done all year. Uh, we had three inside the 20, which is really hard to get one inside the 20. So we get two tackles, Jacob Borm inside the 20, and then later on in the game, Crew Wakely, sure. you know, kind of makes up for, you know, things we were saying before, right? And so you can't always talk about the negatives, but Crew made some good plays in this game and did some good stuff special teams-wise and ends up making a play, I think, on the 16 um, later on in the game. Um, after our field goal, I believe, and so um, to have three of those inside the twenty is huge. And so they're so how I look at kickoff and kickoff return is their average starting field position after our kickoffs were the seventeen yard line. Um, our average starting field position after kickoffs was the thirty two yard line. So we get a return past the forty one or at the forty one, another return to the thirty two, and then they they got scared of Keelan. That's how I look at it because they started doing the sky kick and then kicked it over to Hobbs, and then Hobbs gets one to the 33. So really we did, um, on three, to be able to start the series three times, 30 yards or more um, for our offense, that's a goal that we, we yeah. want to hit. So that's our goal. When, they, when the team's kicking off to us, we want our kickoff return to be uh, to the 30-yard line or more. And so here's one of the returns. I think this is the first one where he gets out to the 32. Um, and then really the next return, next big return that we get, um, I think we get it out to the 41. Yeah, he needs to make sure he secures and catches the football first. But the thing I love about Keelan is he's going to hit it hard, and uh, that um, drive right there ends up leading to a field goal. So we end up setting our offense up for points right there, which is one of our goals as well as the special teams unit. All right, we'll talk about that field goal and a little bit more with the special teams when we come back. Our second break on the show today, this Saturday, BYU back in the friendly confines of Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a homecoming showdown against Texas Tech. You can tune into Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio beginning at 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain. Now, as we move to break, a reminder that dinner before or after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. Still on the way, a look ahead to the Red Raiders and how BYU plans to get back on track. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We are live in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. This is our final segment with BYU Special Teams Coordinator and Defense Events Coach Kelly Papinga. This segment presented by Intermountain Health, official medical provider of BYU Athletics. We'll pick back up with your kickers. We talked a lot about what Ryan Rico did, and to your credit, again, you hit your goal in that, in that net area. You, wanted, you say you want 42 a game. 42, yeah. You got 44, yeah. okay? That's going to help with field position. Will Farron is a guy who's kind of just going about his job quietly, made a long field goal against mm -hmm. TCU that's not going to be talked about much, but that's why we do this here. So yeah. we talk about Will's performance and, and how you feel about him moving forward and the confidence you have in him as your kid. Yeah, Will, Will's doing great. He, uh, he hit um, – so one of our goals for them too as well is when we kick the ball off, there's a certain, certain target area that we need to put the ball. And he's doing a good job of hitting his spot to be able to give the cover guys – 
their best chance to be able to cover down. So we did that every time when we kicked the ball off um, on Saturday. And then, uh, yeah, we get out there for an opportunity to be able to put some points on the board and hits a 46-yarder, which is huge. So we have a goal um, inside the 44-yard line to be 100% um, on our field goals. And then <clears throat> really in college football, outside of 44 yard lines, or 44 yards, it's, yeah, that's where the kicks get a little harder and for him to hit a 46 yarder, I think that's his career long right there. And we have good protection, good operation, good snap, good hold, good hit kick. You know, Will's able to do his job and put some points on the board, which was big right there for us. And so, and that's just a confidence builder for him and for our team to just know, okay, we can put him out there in that situation, plus 45 and be able to, you know, get him out there. I mean, he could kick it from 55. He has the leg, leg strength to kick it really from 60. I mean, that ball probably was good from 60 right there. Um, and so we're, yeah, we're, I'm excited about him and uh, just need to continue to help him build his confidence and just know, and the team's confidence. He's done that throughout camp, but now being able to do that in a game, I think is just another uh, you know step forward for him. When you assess the health of your team at the midway point of the season, and I, and I know that we'll ask Jay Hill about the, the defense overall, but just from a special team standpoint and the defensive ends standpoint, how's the health of your guys right now? Yeah. Six games. Um, in? Yeah, special teams. I think we're great. You know, the snappers and kickers and holders are doing great. Um, punters are fine. Um, DNs. I think we're doing. We're in a good spot too as well. We had a couple guys banged up that. The bye week came at a perfect time for two of our guys, um, two of our main guys, and so I'm not going to say who that was, but <laughs> we ended up being really good, and okay. they, they all ended up playing in the game in pretty much the same exact roles that they'd always have. Um, so I think we're good there. You know, in, in other positions, the DBs are obviously the, the area where the, we're the most banged up right now at safety and corner, but I think we'll get some guys back for this week. And then um, linebacker, I think we'll get a couple guys back as well um, as the season goes on. Not sure so much if it'll be this week, but hopefully it'll turn out to be. But we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, I like I like the cover guys that we have right now. Um, I like Keelan that's performing. I like Hobbs. Yeah. I like Parker. I think we have a good set of returners. Um, and I think we got guys up front that want to block for them. And so, um, yeah, I think we have a really good core of guys, and I think we're doing some really good stuff right now on special teams, especially after last week. I was excited to get our kickoff return game going, um, to see our kickoff cover game uh, do as well as they did. That was good to see. And, uh, um, you know, the punt team's pretty, you know, it's been the most consistent throughout the year. I think we're 11th in the country right now in our net punt. And we've done a really good job of causing some turnovers on that team as well. The one team that we really got to get going right now is our punt return team. We got to yeah. get some pressure. Um, but really in that game, we didn't have an opportunity because once again, we couldn't stop them on third down. So the punt return team never gets out there. And so when we do get out there, we got to be able to put some pressure on the punter like we did in the Arkansas game and like we did in Southern Utah. And then we got to be able to get um, the returner, a return set up for him to do some damage and set our offense up for some points. All right, let's go ahead and make it official. Who's your special teams player of the week? Yeah, so uh, I think with the performance that we had on kickoff return and the way uh, Keelan Marion hit those two returns, we're going to give it to Keelan. And uh, just excited we're, you know, to see what he can do this next week. I think there's great opportunities ahead for us in this game. Um, but also, um, you know, they got two really good returners, their punt returner and kick returner, two, two of the tops in the country. So it'll be a good little matchup, man. I'm excited to see our cover unit continue to cover like they did this last week. And, and uh, yeah, really their, um, their punt return game is, uh, shoot, if I remember right, eighth or ninth in the country. So really you got close One to the best two, in the country. Yeah, yeah, you got two top 10, uh, you know, our punt team versus their punt return team, which is a pretty good little matchup to see who, uh, who ends up coming out on top right there. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good challenge for our guys. What's the number one lesson you take away from the performance at TCU that can benefit you against Texas Tech and moving forward? Yeah, uh, I think 
schematically, there's a lot of things that they do similar, Texas Tech and uh, TCU. So um, I think if we can learn from our mistakes um, in the past game, um, as far as our coverage, our pressures, um, and just being able to uh, just execute in critical situ situations on third down. Um, if we do that, I, we'll give ourselves a great chance to be successful. And so, um, you know, in that situation right there, we're seeing a missed tackle. And so that happened a couple of times too on, I think, two of their touchdowns. Here's the other one right there where we have them, uh, you know, before the, the goal line and we just don't wrap up and finish the tackle. So we got, we got to do better at finishing our tackles, especially in those situations. But at the end of the day, our cover guys got to cover. Our pass rush guys got to get home to the quarterback, and it's a team thing, right? You can't just put blame on, you know, the back end or put blame on the front end. It's everything together. We got to we got to perform better. We got to coach them better um, and prepare them better to be able to get out there and do their thing come Saturday night. Now Texas Tech, three and four, they're going to play with some desperation for sure. You, uh, as a team at BYU, obviously feeling some pressure to come back at home and, and perform. You're under the lights at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Are, are you ready to buy into the idea that there's something special about night games hey, at BYU? I, I've always loved night games, right? <laughs> so even as, a, even as a player, my favorite memory was TCU 2007 under the lights. So, you know, I, I get that, but, you know, we gotta be, we got to be able to play, you know, in afternoon games, day games, morning games, it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, it's, it'll, be, it'll be great to be back at home, obviously in front of the fans. Uh, shoot, I think it's, if not, you know, the best atmosphere in the country, one of the best for sure. And so to be able to have Lavelle over Stadium packed um, under the lights, um, hopefully put a lot of pressure on Texas Tech, hoping to get some, you know, false starts on offense and make some poor decisions for, you know, a backup quarterback. Um, you know, it's always great to, especially as a defense, it's always great to have that extra, uh, you know, yeah. uh, 12th man, as you would say, in the, um, you know, in, in your back pocket, especially going into that south end zone when you got the rock right there. It's always fun. I always tell the guys when we go out there on the south end zone, <laughs> get, whatever you do, the first thing you should be doing is getting that, getting that crowd going, getting that rock going, because they're only going to help you, you know, get yeah. loud and hopefully put some pressure on that offense line, that quarterback to get some false starts and make some dumb decisions. So it'll be fun to be, get back in that atmosphere for sure. Harrison Taggart has heard that feedback. He oh, says yeah. it's his favorite thing. <laughs> he's raised one oh, yeah. and he's get probably, the crowd going. Yeah, he's probably the best at it, man. I love Harrison's energy, man. So we'll get it, we'll get it going. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, the Kubrick fans are excited to see us back, but we'll, uh, yeah, I promise you we'll have them prepared and put for our best, best effort. Coach, we always appreciate your uh, valued insights and uh, to look back, especially after a tough game. It's not always easy to have to come in and do this, but uh, we certainly appreciate the time you spent with us. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, good luck against Texas Tech. Yeah, appreciate it. Tomorrow night, join us for BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Enjoy a full hour of conversations with the coach and a player guest in front of a live Studio C audience. Tuesday nights, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app or ESPN+. Plus. Up next, we welcome BYU defensive coordinator Jay Hill into the studio as the coordinator's corner continues. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. fake by Hoover and Hoover throws intercept. Oh, he picked it off Eddie Hecker to the 10 yard line Eddie Hecker the 20 Eddie Hecker 25 and Hecker down first down BYU
We are live in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We begin the second half an hour of the show with BYU defensive coordinator and safeties coach and associate head coach, Jay Hill. Coach, great to have you back in Studio B. Heck yeah, good to be with you. All right, we'll start the same question I began with Kelly with, and that is when you have to review film from a game that is understandably disappointing and frustrating and, and a 44-11 loss at TCU, where do you go first to try and make adjustments to get right uh, for another big game this Saturday night? Well, first and foremost, you got to see where the issues came about in the game. Um, a lot of it was coverage. Um, a lot of it was some alignment issues that we had. Um, but th the reality was if we get out of some of those third downs, the game's completely different. Uh, we did a good job of getting them into third and third and longs and we just didn't get out of drives like we could have, like we have at other times this year, and we got to be better at that. So we came back in with Eddie Heckard's interception, um, and I, I, I'm guessing you probably didn't hear what he told me after the game, but he specifically said, I just did what Coach Hill told me to do. Okay, this is what I've been working with him forever on this. I just got myself into a position. He told me in fall camp, like, if you're here and you are in this, if you, if you get depth and do this, you will have an interception. And, th and then he did, and he makes a one-handed grab, and it's a spectacular play. But like, I, I felt like because of what I've seen in the past with BYU, maybe that would have been the turning point because that's, these turnovers of kind of like where it's shifted in momentum didn't happen that way. Why, why couldn't you turn those turnovers into momentum? Well, I mean, going into this game, I felt strongly about we needed to stop the run. And if we could get them into third and longs, we were going to have a great game. And it happened, and we didn't get out of third downs. I mentioned that before. I, I don't know the exact reasons as to uh, why we weren't a little bit better in some of those calls. Uh, I still like a lot of the calls, and then there's times where I got to get the players in a much better position to make plays. And uh, they understand that. I understand that it falls on all of our shoulders, especially mine, to you know be able to have overall better production than what we had. But this game really, quite frankly, came down to our third down production, and uh, we need to do a better job of just finishing drives. How much did their scheme and the pass-heavy attack alter kind of what you were initially planning for? Because, I mean, full clarity, we all kind of thought, well, they got a backup quarterback. They're probably going to try and run it a lot. So how much did it impact what you were trying to do? Well, we actually said as a staff that I think they're better with their backup quarterback because he throws it so good. And they already have such a good run game with number nine. He's one of the top running backs in the Big 12 Conference. And so now what they really needed is they needed a thrower to go in there and just fling it around to those good wideouts. And that's what happened is that guy did a good job, came in. We thought we could disrupt him a little bit more than we did with some of the pressures and the drop eight things that we did. And you got to give them credit. Their scheme is good. Their scheme's always been good. They've always put up a lot of yards and points. I mean, there's a reason why they played for a national championship last year. It's because of their offensive production and how good they've been on offense. And the quarterback went in there just like last year. It was a backup quarterback that went in there and sparked them all the way to the national championship. And it seemed like they got something again this year out of that guy. He came in and played phenomenal. And you got to give them credit. And then, the, and then on our side, we got to go in there and obviously stop them and do what we need to do to be successful on our side of the ball. Was this more about TCU just playing at a super high level or, or more about self-inflicted things on the BYU side? I think it was both. You know, as you, watch, as you watch film, there's not tons of mistakes. There's not tons of, you know, errors that were just glaring. Uh, what it was is them executing at a very high rate, us needing to make some plays that were there for sure to be made. Um, 
but you know, you got, like I say, you got to give them credit. They made a lot of big plays. He made a lot of tight window throws. And then there's times where we got to do a much better job of lining up inside, like right here, where we know they're going to run a slant, they're going to run an inside route based on the split, and we got to do a better job with our alignment so that we can be in position to make plays. Well, obviously, not having Cam Garrett on the field hurt, and, and you gave it a go. He was not able to play, and so Maury Bama gets in there, and you're you're working through some of that depth. Um, how do you feel like your guys are responding to you know going deep into? the pass coverage at safety and at now cornerback? Well, Cam Garrett's a hard one to replace because he plays those big wide receivers so well. And he was a perfect matchup for number three for what TCU had. Uh, you know, having said that, I thought Maury came in and actually did a really good job with his coverage. Uh, for the most part, was right where he needed to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, losing Cam for the game, we were hoping he was going to make it back. And he practiced enough that we thought he was going to have a shot. He just, he wasn't full go. And against those wide receivers, that's a hard ask. They're going there at 75% say you're going to play some of the best wideouts in the conference. It's, it was just not the thing to push. Do you feel like he's going to be ready to go against Texas Tech? Well, we sure hope so. You know, uh, he says he felt much better this morning. Uh, he wants to practice tomorrow, so we'll see how that is. But um, he's a big loss, and he's played so well this year that not to have him in that last game was a big deal. Um, but that's college football. I mentioned that all along, that you're going to have guys that are there, and then there's going to be guys that get injured, and the backup's got to step up and do a good job. I mean, we, we played in that TCU game with uh, two safeties that weren't even in our two deep to start the season, and it's it's been one of those years at certain positions. But... That's the reality of college football. Those guys got to step up and they got to play well. Who do you expect to be available for Texas Tech at the safety position this week? Because I know there are some questions about maybe Talon Alford getting yep. back to help bolster that group. Yeah, Talon's not going to be back yet. Tanner Wall's out for the season, which, you know, going into that game, no one really knew. Um, and so you're down. Tanner had had a great game against Cincinnati, so to lose him for the year, was that was hard. Um, but the reality is the next guy's up. We need Raider DeMuni to step up. Crew Wakely did some good things. Uh, Ethan Slade has played well in his uh, role and how much he's had to play this year. So, you know, so the next man's up. We got to go to the next guy and, and we got to play well and there can't be any drop off. If you had to pick one thing that was, I mean, aside from third downs, because uh, I know you've been heavy on that, getting off the field on third down, but is there a scheme or a breakdown in tackling that that was evident in the film that you watched against CCU? No, I mean, we had put a big emphasis on limiting their big plays over 20 yards. And for the most part, I thought we did a decent job of that. Um, some of that came from missed tackles. A lot of it came from misalignments. Um, so, you know, those are, that's, that's a work in progress. We got to get better at those things. And uh, I got to do a better job of getting those guys to go into a game and execute the way we've practiced. And um, the reality is, I don't think there's a lot to clean up, um, but we've got to be better at some of those little things that will end up getting us out of drives and end up getting bigger plays made for us in the back end for sure. Great stuff with Jay Hill thus far. We're going to take a break and come back with more with BYU's defensive coordinator in just a moment. You can get ready for Saturday's showdown between BYU and Texas Tech with BYU Sports Station Game Day's expanded pregame coverage. Two hours with everything and anything you could possibly need to know about BYU and Texas Tech. Five Eastern, three Mountain Time on BYU TV. Right after the break, Coach Hill gives us his Defensive Player of the Week nomination. 
As the Coordinator's Corner continues, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more after this. Coordinator's Corner on BYU-TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Smith's, low prices, market fresh. Welcome back to the Coordinator's Corner. We're reviewing BYU's 44-11 setback at TCU on Saturday afternoon. The Cougars are now 4-2. The drive for win number 5 happens against Texas Tech on Saturday night. We're with defensive coordinator Jay Hill. Okay, Coach, we'll turn the page to Texas Tech specifically in just a moment, but we still want to look back at some of the things that went well. And I know, you know, it's a 33-point loss, but... Eddie Heckard keeps coming to mind. Like he, he, is, he seems like a staple of your defense, made the play of the game on defense with that one-handed interception. Um, if it's not him, who's your defensive player of the week? Well, Cialia Sarah had the other interception that was huge. I thought that, that was big for a young player that is going to be a great player in this program. I thought he was big. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to probably give it to Eddie for sure. Yeah, yeah. What is it about Eddie that makes him unique? And, and I know you've talked about him at length before. We've asked a ton of questions. But halfway through this season, as a BYU football player, what are you liking most from Eddie Heckard? Well, just the things he's always done for me. He makes plays when you need them made. Uh, he's a great tackler for a secondary guy. Um, he does things the right way. He knows the system and the scheme. That helps him as much as anything is just knowing what to do. Um, he listens, like he mentioned here, this is something that we've talked about, a technique on where he was going to slide out, punch the wide receiver with his left hand and then slip back inside for this what we call bender route. And he does it perfect. And, you know, long arms help right there too. But, <laughs> you know, that's just one more thing that he's very coachable and he cares that the kid cares. So. I know you work cohesively um, with Aaron Roderick, and, and A-Rod's not on the show today, but you're all a very tight-knit group. Things were not going well for the offense. So how do you buoy each other up when it just kind of seems like things are snowballing in the wrong direction? Well, I've said this before. You know, there's going to be games where we're going to have to win, you know, 48-51, and they're going to have to score a lot of points. And then there's going to be games like in this game where if the offense isn't necessarily moving the ball like we need them to do, we got to get out of drives. And that's why I was so frustrated with the third down performance because we did, we actually played first down very well in this game. And we did a lot of good things to set us up for the success we needed to have in this game. And then we didn't execute on third down. We need to get more turnovers and then we need to be much more disruptive with our pass rush. So um, yeah, that's, that's the key is if, if the offense is struggling a little bit, then we got to step up and we got to play great. Maybe like the Sam Houston game where you know, we had to win 14 nothing. Yeah. And, and there's going to be games like that in college football. And then there's going to be games where the offense can have to step up and score a lot of points for us to win like they did at Arkansas. And we won 38-31. And the reality is it's a team sport. There's going to be times where the defense is better than the offense. And then there's going to be times that it's, you know, vice versa. And then you're going to play, play teams like TCU that has a really good offense and their defense is good. And uh, that's where you got to play really complimentary um football and, and we did not do that in this game defensive coordinator jay hill is with the sun byu tv's coordinator's corner okay as you try and i guess wipe the slate clean uh -huh. what's what's agenda item number one for practice this week for your team to get ready for texas tech well 
nobody wants to be four and two, but the end of the, it's not the end of the world. And we cannot allow TCU to beat us twice. So we need to bounce back. We need to have a great work week of practice. We get to play in front of our home crowd, which has been huge home field advantage. We get to play at night, which has been an advantage for us. And we need to prepare the right way so that we come out and execute um, this Saturday. Because uh, Texas Tech's a good football team. They were a preseason top 20 team. They got a lot of returning starters on that team. Um, this is a good football team coming in here. We need our fans to show up, and we need it loud, and we need it crazy, and then we need to perform in a way that's going to keep the crowd engaged and uh, excited. Now you bring up the night game scenario, and uh, <laughs> now it's this like growing rhetoric here, and it's for what, whatever reason, a lot of people just say it's just pure coincidence. Other people are buying into the fact that BYU is, as Reddit CFB said, you're vampires. You play well at night. Um, how do you... Uh, how do you feel about that scenario of coming home? Is, is there a greater confidence your team feels at night? Well, you know, I have a degree in sports psychology, and I know that what you put your emphasis in is usually what occurs. It's like in golf. You say don't hit it in the water, you're going to hit it in the water. <laughs> and all the noise that they hear about not playing well or we start slow on afternoon games, the reality is we need to flip that rhetoric and we need to all of a sudden change what we believe is occurring and then you can't stick your head in the sand either. You can't act like there's nothing there. There's something there. And uh, myself, Coach uh, Roderick, and Coach Sataki met today just to make sure that we're doing everything we can to give our players the best chance to be successful on those afternoon games. And if we need to change some things up, then that's what we need to do. And like I say, we're not burying our head in the sand and saying that it's it's not something, but we're also not putting so much in, into it that sure. it's more than it is. The reality is we got to play well in the afternoons like we do at night, and uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, I mean, that's this is college football. You got to figure things out sometimes, and there's going to be things you got to overcome, and this is what we got to overcome right now. I had a friend jokingly say they need to play Transylvania music when BYU runs out of the <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> well, it's something, and, and again, I will say this, The Rock <laughs> – uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium at night has been electric for us. A lot of the afternoon games have been on the road. And uh, that's the reality of what we face right now is when we go on the road and play an afternoon game, we got to play well. And we, we've done it before. It's not like we haven't gone on the road and won in the afternoon. And so that's, that's what we got to do. We got to get the players ready. We got to get the players believing in what they need to do to have energy and excitement for those afternoon games yeah maybe i just need to make it a point to talk to each of them when i talk to the guys hey remember how you play well in the afternoon yeah we needed that eclipse to be a little closer <laughs> to texas right maybe that eclipse would have helped us a little more uh, that's hilarious all right coach uh texas tech they're going to do some things that are very similar to tcu yep. they're going to want to move with pace they're going to have watch what tcu did and, and want to play with pace you said you want to get to the quarterback how do you get to the quarterback and create chaos when they are getting the ball out so quick like that? Well, I mean, it's a good scheme. It's a good system. Uh, I thought we would get a little more pressure on the quarterback at TCU than we did, especially with some of the blitzes that we had dialed up. We missed the quarterback a couple times. Well, the very first play of the game, we crunch him with two guys on the first incompletion. Um, so there were some things that we did that were close. We just got to do a better job of getting home, and then we got to do a better job of disrupting what the quarterback's seeing. That's what I don't think we did a good enough job of is the TCU quarterback was able to look us off, come back the other way, and we need to do a better job of disrupting him through pressures and through coverages. Um, that's going to be a critical component to this game coming up because they are very similar to TCU. 
All right, we're going to take a break right now and come back and talk about the quarterback situation at Texas Tech. This is another backup scenario that BYU's defense will be facing. And again, as we step away, remind you that your BYU day-to-day play-by-play is on BYU Sports Nation with myself and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Stay with us for our final segment of this week's show. Coach Hill still in Studio B, again, discussing Texas Tech and how the Cougars plan to attack their quarterbacks. This is The Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Welcome back to The Coordinator's Corner. As we welcome you back and remind you, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. It is our final segment as we look ahead to Texas Tech and a chance for the Cougars to get to win number five in a fresh week. We're visiting with defensive coordinator Jay Hill. And Coach, before we went to break, I teased that Texas Tech is going to roll out maybe their backup quarterback, maybe their third-string quarterback. We don't know. We know it's not going to be Tyler Shuck, who was their starter. So how do you approach preparing for multiple quarterbacks here? Well, I think the backup number two had done a great job of coming in and actually sparking them the last couple weeks and had some good offensive performances. And then he gets dinged up last game. It didn't look like it was anything major. They said it was kind of a culmination of a bunch of hits that he took. So he was pretty beat up and he came out. I think they were just making sure he didn't get more beat up. Uh, So we fully suspect to see him play this week. The coach even mentioned it, that he'll probably be playing this week. So uh, you never know. The reality is it doesn't matter who's taking the snaps. We need to execute our defense at a high level. If we do so, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback, we'll be all right. How are they most similar to the TCU offense that you just saw and maybe the most different? Well, I think the tempo at which they go is very similar. I think, uh, you know, the air raid offense, try to get the ball out on the perimeter, get the ball out of the quarterback's hand fast, that's all similar. Um, The running back production is very similar. I mean, these guys have two really good running backs, both going for over six yards a carry. So that's similar. I don't know. I would say that just the difference might be the personnel. They're just they're a little different uh, with their personnel, but <laughs> yeah. When you are in the midst of your first Power Five campaign, well, I guess to this point, what's been the biggest difference that you've noticed about playing? I mean, you did it at Utah. But now we're it's it's for BYU. So, what's the message you send to your guys about navigating a full Power Five schedule? Well, we need you, you got to have backups ready to go. Your depth is so important at the Power 5 level because you're going to get guys dinged. You're going to have guys hurt. So backups being ready to go is a critical part. Um, there's no weeks off. Uh, I, don't, I don't care who you are. At this stage, if you're not ready to play one Saturday, you're going to get beat. And that's the exact same with our opponent is if, if they're not ready to go, we're going to beat them. And I thought TCU had their back against the wall. They already had two conference losses. They knew they couldn't take a third conference loss. They had their back against the wall, and they came out and played their best game of the season. And that's what we need to do. We got our back against the wall a little bit. We need to double down, and we got to play our best game of the season. If we do so, we'll like the results. And we'll finish with this. I know we talked a lot about the injury situation at cornerback and at safety. Uh, the Ben Bywater news is hurt, and he's a big piece of BYU's yeah. defense. It's uh, now gone. So what's the approach moving forward? Who's going to fill in and, and help replace the shoes for Ben Bywater and, and help that front seven? 
Well, we, we mentioned this, right? I mean, the backup's got to be ready to go. I think Harrison Taggart's done a pretty good job coming in, and really there's been very little drop-off. And now, um, you know, Cialia Sarah came in last week and did a great job and had a huge interception in that game. And as much as this hurts to lose Ben, because he's such a phenomenal kid and a great player, nobody wants to lose him. Um, but it's it's really got to be that way. The backup's got to step in. they got to play great, and they got to be like a starter. All right, the challenge is being issued from Texas Tech. Uh, Coach, uh, what, what's your final message to the BYU fans and, and what they're hoping to see and what you're hoping to see on Saturday night? We're on track to have a great year still. Now, we got to win, and we got a tough stretch coming up. Everyone said it. I think it was before last week's TCU game. I think we had one of the top ten hardest remaining schedules in the country, which that's okay. We, gotta, we knew that going into the Big 12 that it was going to be this way. we got to buckle down. we got to play one game at a time. And if we do, we'll like the results at the end of the year. But it's got to be one game at a time. we got to figure out ways to get out of drives on defense. And we got to figure out a way each week to get better and better. If we do, we'll be all right. If we don't, then we got issues, and, and that rests on me, Kalani, and the other coaches to you know get things fixed. But um, we're four and two, and let's all go. Right. Let's go get to five and two. Thanks for being with us, Coach. That does it for week seven of the Coordinators Corner. Corner for Coach Hill and Coach Ping. I'm Spencer Linton. We'll see you next week.